cliffcentral.com Welcome back to the good stuff. Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brendan Q, the good news guy. Um, good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday and... Uh, you know, you're in studio with only good things. It's a show dedicated to good news and inspirational stories from South Africa and the world. If you're tuning in live on cliffcentral.com, you'll get the full show. But if you are backstage on Facebook Live, all you need to do is go to www.cliffcentral.com to get the full show. So... At the beginning of every show, I bring you all of the relevant news that mainstream media are busy uh, sort of sharing and reporting on. It usually consists of corruption, crime, bad leadership, more corruption, more crime, more bad leadership, our president, more corruption, and so on and so forth. But that's kind of... All sorts of cuck and not stuff that we want to concentrate on. It's not stuff that we're going to be bringing you. It's not stuff that we're going to be talking about. You can get all of that stuff from mainstream media. They have it. Go and get it from there. Um, We're going to be bringing you good news and inspirational stories. And this week, no different. There are animal hospitals that are serving informal communities for free, like 12,000 dogs or something crazy. We're going to bring you news on that. Um, mannequin challenges. You know the mannequin challenges that are going uh, viral around the world. Well, South Africa has taken it by storm with not one but two amazing challenges. One uh, was at Camps Bay. We're going to bring you news on that. And the other was actually a corporate, which is flippin' cool. Um, our dam levels in South Africa, or more so Johannesburg, are rising. Uh, so we're going to bring you news on that. And we have flippin' inspiring South Africans that we're going to be talking to. So inspired, so incredibly proudly South African. I'm excited to be on the show today. Um, so every week, Kerry and I, that's a good news girl over there, I'm going to switch your microphone on. Yes, hello. Let's quiet, try again. So good morning. Uh, good morning, Kerry. How are you doing? <laughs> good, and you? Lekker, lekker. Yeah. We're going to be getting into a whole bunch of stuff today. Uh, our normal is our catch-up. So we yes. do our normal catch-up where we speak about good things. Then we bring you the top five trending good news stories for you to hear about. Hey, Kerry. Yes, definitely. Yeah, are, you, are, are you ready with it? Yes, them? I am. Her iPad's given her sticks. So <laughs> no, you know what? I don't have anything to open my SIM card goodie. That's what. It's ah! not broken. It's not broken. So I'm not having too much of a tech failure today. <laughs> okay. So we'll be getting to the top five good news stories in a bit. And then also a little bit later, we're going to be chatting to Rusty Labaskakni. He is a, an incredible South African who was wrongfully jailed for 10 years in Zimbabwe, in one of the prisons, which is absolutely crazy. Um, he lived there for 10 years. He's out. He's doing inspirational stuff, and he's here to tell us all about it. Very exciting. If you want to get involved with the conversation, you can join us, www.cliffcentral.com, or you can tweet us, Brent Lindicue, Kerry Stain, cliffcentral.com, yes, yes. or give us a call on 861 189 that's our Facebook live feed over and out. Join us online, yo. Kerry, catch up, catch up, catch up. What's up, yo? Um, I just got back from London. Yes, tell me about it. I just, uh, you know. It was just an over the sea flit, hey, for the weekend? Just for the weekend, yes. we decided to go overseas. Man, oh man alive. I am flipping blessed. Those pictures, I was following you, obviously. I have to, I have to say a massive shout out to Virgin Atlantic. Uh, for flying me there. How was the flight? And upper the class. Upper class. But yes. let me, let me just thank everybody. So we got Virgin, um, Atlantic that we need to thank. Mm-hmm. Thompson's Tours, which is Thompson Holidays. And then also, um, Tour Vest, 
who sent me over for a weekend in London with a bunch of phenomenally amazing people. I had the best time. No one from knew From all each over other. the world or from here? No, they were all from, from South Africa. Yes. I'm, I'm Busy getting attached to all the wiser. You're tangling up. All from South Africa. And, um, and they were all part of either Virgin Atlantic or the Tour Vest group. Mm. And, um, I got to fly upper class, which is something I think everybody needs to aim to do. Well, I just saw in your pictures, your legs stretched out like you were lying on your bed. You know what I've realized taking these flights is that we've got it all wrong. As travelers, we've got it all wrong. We look at Traveling or flying yes. as the transport medium to get you from A to, to B. B. When it's not. No comfort. It can actually be a hotel experience. So if you think about it that way. A hotel in the sky. It changes your perspective, mm. right? It's from the time that you check in. You get this whole different world. You go, you go through the check-in. It's a separate check-in counter. Like, it's quick, all quick, hey? It's very quick. Then you get to go to a lounge with um, jacuzzis and hairdressers and spa baths and big screen TVs and the most amazing food and champagne. Goodness gracious. Real champagne. Not even like the, the sparkling wine. Then you get to be on a plane where it's got like this bar on the plane, so you can chill a little bit what? by the bar and chat. Then you get to sleep in Sounds a Sounds like in a, a rock bed. star But it's experience. not. It's not. You need to understand. This is why I'm saying we think of traveling yes. in the wrong way. Mm. Traveling is not about getting to A to B. It is, but yeah. it isn't. If you think about your the it's way you do it. It's part of your experience. As a hotel, yes. then it justifies everything. Hmm. I will never, ever fly the same again. Well, never. I've never been overseas, so I was just reveling in your experience. Um, but I can completely understand. And that for me, I think flying to Cape Town or flying to Durban is completely different because, I mean, it's two and one hour flight. I actually, I cannot imagine myself being on a flight for that long. Well, now you can. It's amazing. And, and London, um, this time of year, good Lord, I, um, I feel Christmas. Uh, and now, because you saw all the Christmas markets and stuff overseas as well. It was the Christmas markets. It was the Christmas lights. It was the shop windows. It was the music. It was the people. It was the restaurants. It was the shows. It's, so South Africa, um, we don't get as in the Christmas no. spirit as what London does. And I, it's very I, traditional over there. I can't speak for other countries or cities or other places, but for me, London at this time of year is just Epic. I know. And so many people have said that uh, if you've got a bucket list, that really needs to be on it for December um, to experience the Christmas markets and the Christmas feeling and the Christmas everything. It's amazing. I'm going to be writing a blog on goodthingsguy.com so that you guys can check it out and, and follow all the details and the crazy weekend and everything else in between. It was amazing. That'll be uh, sort of coming out on Thursday. Very exciting. One of the other things that I wanted to catch up and touch on, on, on about, mm. I changed my insurance companies. Yes. And my new insurance company has, uh, they've stuck this thing on my window. It's, it's Discovery, Discovery Insurance. Yes. So they've stuck this little. <laughs> I saw you were looking for, for a new one. I was, right? And <laughs> yes. I, I, I put it on my Facebook that I was and all sorts of people were giving me different suggestions. But I went with them because of the benefits, right? Mm. So I'm already part of the whole network just to add more onto my sort of portfolio. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah. But here's the thing, Ken. They put this little chip. On your windscreen. Like. And, and on that chip 
it then measures your um, your G's, so yes. your G-force yes. when you pull away or when you break mm-hmm. or when you take corners. Mm-hmm. It connects to your phone, and then from your phone, it, it measures your GPS, so like your speed, wow. basically. And then also… Technology to the max. It, it measures if you pick up your phone while you're driving. What? And it's almost like playing a game. Because now you are I'm so driving conscious. I'm driving more cautiously. I'm yes. sticking to the speed limits. I'm not touching my phone. If you do all of these great things that 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 um sorry, I'm getting all lost in conversation here. If you do all of these things, your premiums come down, mm. so you pay less, mm. and they give you cash back, and you're like the the best driver yes. or whatever. So I'm almost of the belief, and I don't know how long this will last. I've only had it for a week. Okay. It might, I mean. The novelty might wear off. Maybe, but maybe it doesn't. And maybe it makes me a better person. Mm. I haven't touched my phone while driving in a week. Good job. You know what I'm saying? Because that is one of the, the biggest If every single person or every single insurance company had to implement this, yes. it would change our roads completely. Mm. I think it's brilliant. So what if you're sitting in traffic? What do you mean? Does it also pick up that you picked up your cell phone? Yes. Because a lot of people sit on their phones You do in the not traffic. touch your phone while driving. Yes. Full stop. Okay. Otherwise, you lose points and mm-hmm. then your premiums go up and you don't get cash back when you put your petrol in. Sure. So, it's just keeping to the speed limit, uh, not touching your phone. It's all of these great things that just puts you in order. I am flipping. I'm, I'm an advocate for them. I'm so impressed. So impressed. Wow. A uh, couple of other things. So, the, this morning… Mm. I woke up and my website was down. I I saw. I was like, oh, my word. How are we going to do this now? Because when, that was, I mean, I saw the message about 45 minutes after you put it up. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my word. All of our stories are on there. And I'm like, oh. But I'm glad it's up and going now. So does that mean you hit a million? Over a million. Over a million users. That well, is not fantastic. Users, users. It's a million Readers, views. views. A million yeah. views in one month. Sure. Hey. Well done. Well and done well done to everybody else that's just absorbing all the good news. I think that's, that's more so. Yeah. I just need to shout out a, a big, 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 big thank you to, um, the listeners of our show, mm. uh, the readers of the site, the people that really engage in good news. It, it can change. And I sound like a Miss Universe. It can change, <laughs> change the, the world. world. Yes. It can change the world. When you change your perspective, when you start looking at things in a different mm. light, mm. it, you know what? You've got the upper hand on everybody else. Exactly. And you know what? You're reading good stories, but you as a person individually can also contribute to doing good. Um, and reading the stories, supporting the people that do good, you are a contributor. 100%. To good. So after, after this morning's little thing with, uh, with websites and blah, 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 yes. we're going to be opening up a whole new content section for people to, to send in their stories. Um, they'll be able to update them like themselves. That's fantastic. And so less like work. Like a portal. Le- correct. Less mm. work for me. Um, you can literally come and blog on Good Things Guy, which is, I want, I want the community so to be So you're creating involved. a platform for other people to get involved. That's amazing. It's, well done. It's so important. It's so important. I love that. Cool, man. I'm excited. <laughs> and the people will get to know each other. Exactly. Yes, a little community. So, so here's, here's a prime example. Yesterday, <laughs> yes. I got sent that mannequin challenge, mm-hmm. the Camps Bay one. Did you see it? I did see that. Over 200 people. <laughs> on the beach. On the beach. Yes. I thought when the mannequin challenge came out and like Ellen DeGeneres was doing it and this person, I thought, how stupid. I know. How doff. What a stupid thing. And then Camps Bay, like. <laughs> Probably hit, jumped on board, him. Hey? But hit it out of the mm-hmm. park. 
that it not only makes um, South Africa go, like the world, go jeepers. Yes. Look how cool that stupid mannequin challenge <laughs> looks now. But also, look how cool Camps Bay looks. I know. And it's just, it's frozen. It looks like something out of, out of a, I don't know, like a, a movie. like a, a movie or an eighties kind of vibe. Like everybody's just frozen in time. And obviously you've got the backdrop of Cape Town and the sea and it's beautiful. It really, really is just super, super, super cool. So that and was, it came from here again. But, but that's the thing is that the story was sent to me. People were like, yes. Hey, can you talk about this? And I was like, okay, let me look mm-hmm. at it. And then I did. There was yes. that that got sent to me. There was the Mercedes Benz mm. um, mannequin challenge, which is so clever. I haven't so clever. seen it. I'll show it to you okay. after the show. I'm actually to put it up online because Good. it's so cool. Yes, and then it was the, the drone footage of the whales. Oh my word. Did you see that? Yes. It's beautiful. Right. So for all of you that are listening, scratching your heads, going, what, <laughs> what the are you F? talking about? We're going to put that up online on a, you can follow me on Twitter, Brendan Q. We'll get cliffcentral.com uh, to retweet it all. We're going to put it up there so you can see all of these cool things that are happening in our country. Why? Because it'll make you proudly South African and make you feel lucky. And speaking about the humpback thing as well, um, a friend Just of mine. The humpback thing. The humpback, the humpback story. Is that, is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> the humpback thing. So a friend of mine lives in Cape Town and she's, I mean, she's got a little boy and stuff and she was having a bit of a tough day yesterday. So she decided to take the dogs and, uh, her son to the beach. And, uh, you know, she saw, she saw the whales. And after that, she put up a post and she said, we actually need to be so grateful for our lives, uh, the people in our lives. And, you know, she just reveled in this moment of, um, of nature and, you know, our surroundings as South Africans as well. And it's really, really incredibly, incredibly beautiful. And we've got to be so not only proud, but like blessed. We really are. Yeah. How cool. Where else in the world? Where? No. South Africa is just, I mean, I, again, and if, if it's the first time that you're tuning into the show, Kerry and I are like the greatest <laughs> advocates for South Africa. Yeah, yeah. We, we, it's, uh, Kerry's taking it off now because she tried to fix her iPad with it, but she walks around with a little proudly South African <laughs> badge, uh, which we got from Brand SA yes. that you literally walk around with because you're, you're so proud. And then South I've got African. another one in my car. <laughs> Because we are, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's one on the bag. There's one in the car. On my, and my little one walks around with one too. Yeah. Teach, <laughs> teach your kids the way. Teach your kids the way. Yes. All right. So every week um, we search the interwebs for good news, inspirational stories, and all those good things that we can give you so you have a better conversation at your dining room or when you're at the water cooler. All of those good things. So we bring you the good news. Um, there are... Thousands of stories being shared. Thousands of good news well, stories. Well, we know that because uh, it crashed your site. Just, just like yeah. that. Just mm-hmm. like that. But we, we search and every week we bring you the top five. It's Kerry's job to do that. Um, what do we have, dear madam, at number five? Milestone achievement for South Africa and Kai Licha Animal Hospital. South Africa Mass Animal Serialization Trust has treated over 12,000 animals for free in a new campaign targeting pets in informal settlements. You know what? It's so important. And when, when I was reading this, this story, um, I actually went through something personally last week as well, where, uh, we couldn't find a 24 hour vet. And when we did, they were so expensive and, it, it made me realize that there are places and institutions that offer services like this to people that can't, cannot afford it. And they give you exactly the same service. So the South African Mass Animal Sterilization Trust is gearing up to celebrate the completion of the first phase of the intensive sterilization campaign. I mean, 
um, they went through Kailicha and they do, I mean, obviously it's not only there, it's all over the place. Um, but 12,000 patients collected, sterilized, vaccinated, treated for pa- uh, parasitis and returned to their homes, whether a shack or an RDB house for free. So, I mean, it's, I'm a little bit speechless because communities that need it most, yes. um, they're helping for free. Yes, they really are. For free. You know? So if you, I mean, and it, it, it is, it's, I mean, these people are dedicating their lives and to the animals and the communities and the people. And it's so important. Yeah. Geez. We're going to put that up online so that you can see this, this amazing institution, these guys that are working tirelessly to help our informal settlements, to help the animals in there, um, and just to make a, a better life. You know, we and to w- educate them as well. Well, it, that's what it's about. Mm. We would never want a situation where we're living in a country where there's dogs and cats yes. that are just roaming everywhere. and Starving it's, as correct. well. Correct. So these guys just are sterilizing them, educating them, making sure that they're fit and healthy, and you know... Well done, guys. Looking, thank you. looking after man's best friend for free. Yes. Really cool. We're going to put babies. that up online. What do we have at number four? An update on dam levels. The integrated valve system is above 50% again. The good news is that the water released from the Stokefontein Dam recently. Stokefontein. Stokefontein Dam recently has just reached the Val Dam with good rains. The catchment increased from 26.5% to 31.5%. So um, it has improved and is above 50% again. And again, this does not mean that you can waste water. We are still we have to, we still have to be water wise. Okay. And obviously uh, I heard that we're going to be having another heat wave this week, which makes it more important to save. I mean, Kerry, you bring us the good news, and I love the way there's the terms and conditions there. Yes. It's really good news. The uh, the Val Dam is busy raising, and the water levels are getting a lot better. But do not water your flipping garden. <laughs> no. Not during the day. Not yet, anyway. Yes. So, thanks for that, Kerry. It's good Pleasure. news. And also, thanks and it's for... it's just an update. It's like you're our weather girl as well. <laughs> thanks. We're gonna, going to be having a heat wave this week. I'm going to be... I'm going to... I think in the studio, we should get a, a green screen. Yes. And do like a little weather what-what. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to The Good Stuff. And the weather for today... On the, on the eastern parts of South Africa. Oh God, I'm going to stop her now. I'm going to put that uh, story up online so that you can see all of the dams. It, yes. like, it like lists 30 different dams and their levels and you can have a better idea. Uh, let's go to number three, okay? Meet Sipo, a determined dreamer who is creating his own second chances. Dumped by his mother on the doorstep of a father who didn't want him, this South African is determined to be the best he can be no matter his circumstance. Now, this is quite an interesting story because uh, we've spoken about I Have a Name, which is an incredible photo series showcasing everyday South Africans in the most phenomenal way. So basically, they just people that are not in touch with what's going on on the streets. I mean, this is direct portal to that. So uh, Sipo's got quite an interesting story. I mean, he was brought up in an orphanage and then sent to a very affluent school. And um, I think you should all go and read the story because... Um, even though he had a great start to life, um, obviously it, things were internalized for him 
And the story is quite long. I'm not going to read it, but um, you can go and read it on Good Things Guy. We're going we're gonna to put it up on cliffcentral.com in our top five good news uh, section so that you guys can see these stories, exactly. interact with them, read them, get to know them. Um, it's a flippin' cool story about a guy. I, I mean, you've said it. He, he, had a, he had a terrible start and then it all turned around and then it went back and he's now getting back on his feet. Exactly. So it's just, it's a cool story. We're going to put that up online. What was that? Number three? What do we have yes. at number two? Customer leaves Irish. Waiter, seven hundred and fifty dollar tip to fly his family home for Christmas. An Irish waiter working in an American restaurant got an early Christmas gift when a customer tipped him seven hundred and fifty dollars to bring his new family home for the holidays. So, twenty-two-year-old Ben Miller works in a restaurant in Houston, Texas. He has been planning on a trip home to Ireland once the son is born, and had been sharing his stories with a cust- his story with a customer. The customer informed Ben that he had just been in Ireland. Ben jokingly said, "Wow, I wish I could get back." there for for a weekend visit my family and thinking nothing of it then he was tipped seven hundred and fifty dollars to get home. So to bring them over. It's I mean that's a really cool story that uh, someone gave a really big tip. In, in and that's the thing as well. I mean it's it's a season of giving. So if you can and you have the opportunity, help someone that's less fortunate. Help someone that's underprivileged. Help someone that doesn't have what you have. Don't take things for granted. It's it's a random act of kindness yes, and exactly. such great things. I don't know if you've seen since yesterday, and th- I, mean, I mean I digress, but yes. it, that's happening internationally. Really cool story about and the tips. here. Well, not here. Okay. It's a it's it's a different story that I'm going to tell you. And me, go. Okay, now we've all got stories. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw the couple in Cape Town, yeah. who went. Um, I and did. Ha- and had drinks at Fat Cactus, yes. and and rang up a thousand three hundred rand bill. And then they ran away. And then they ran away, but they were caught on CCTV yes. on, on camera. Mm-hmm. Now I, I love Fat Cactus. That's one of my first stops when I yes. get into to Cape Town. <laughs> Their jalapeno poppers are to die for. Mm-hmm. Like they're amazing. Mm. And this couple. I, you know, take a chance in 2016. There are cameras everywhere. So well done. Well done. Well done. Well shocking. done on doing well. Um, the good news here, they know exactly who they are. Oh, my actual word. Because the video went viral and it was like on News 24. <gasps> and it was shared in like 50,000 times. And, and now um, the update is that they've been named and shamed. <gasps> you know what, guys? That's shocking. It's just don't don't do that. Okay, but the good news is that they were found. No, hundred percent. What was your story correct. about a waiter? So yes, it wasn't a waiter actually. There was a lady at a petrol station yesterday, and um, I'll send the story to you. I think it's quite phenomenal. There was a, a lady that filled up her petrol tank, and her card had expired, um, her bank card. And uh, another lady saw that. I mean, this was happening, and she paid for this lady's petrol, obviously without the. Um, Expectation of getting getting her money back for paying for her petrol, but her card had expired, so it was. I mean, it was quite circumstantial. Anyway, by the close of business yesterday afternoon, that lady had EFT'd her money back, and they both decided together that um, they would pay it forward. So the one paid it forward, the other one paid it back, and now they're going to pay it forward together. That's amazing. Can you, and that's yeah. Can I will we, send can it we to you. write that so so we can put it out there? That's <laughs> yes. really cool. Okay, so we've given number you like one. we've given you a million stories now. We're gonna get to number one. What was the top story of today? <gasps> New campaign spreads pure joy and milk moustaches around South Africa from North Riding to Pretoria and many stops in between. Console Glass has been spreading milk moustaches smiles while handing out <laughs> milk moustache <laughs> yeah, smiles. I was, I was actually laughing because <laughs> I love that uh, milk moustaches. Yeah, milk moustache smiles hashtag while handing out. A special console uh, bottles filled with farm fresh milk to 12 Gauteng charities. So I think this is really, really amazing. Bring back pure CSI 
uh, milk bottle cam- uh, campaign. And uh, what's cool about this is that I actually work across from the console uh, factory in Germiston. So I like I look at the building all day and when I see things like this, I think it's so incredibly amazing because their factory runs 24 hours a day and they still find time. And sometimes when I come in and out of the out of the office, these big trucks leaving with these milk bottles, I think it's so incredible and the fact that they're giving back. Yeah, it's I mean double whammy. Good good news, right? And where I live as well, we've still got the little um the little hatch where, for, yeah, for, for milk old, and orange juice. For real? Yes. Yeah, I mean, many, many years ago, for those millennials that are listening, um, even our producer that's sitting in the lounge, she would have no idea. But many, many years ago, we used to have our milk and bread delivered to our door and our every morning. Juice. Every morning. Mm. It was like a morning thing. And then you had to leave the little, uh, the little cap there so that they could replace it. So that was your, that was, that, that's how they knew. You left the little token inside the box and they came around and they, Gave you milk. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yes, so well done to console. That's really amazing. So um, I've just got a message. Yes. And we can add this into our good news. Darren Campbell, she's been on the show. Mm-hmm. Do you remember her? From? Proudly South African. Yes, she yes, did, I, do. She I does, do. She does the book. Yes. Proudly South African. Yes. So she just sent us a message going, listening to you at the moment and loving Kerry and you chatting about being passionately South African. <laughs> if you want... I can give you two books for each show. No, we don't want to give giveaways. Maybe we do. Your listeners need to send their details. All right, so we're going to get... That's fantastic. We're going to get Darren. Uh, we're going to get on the line. Let's let's try get on the line during the break so we can chat to her. She wants to, you know, give free stuff away to people for Christmas, which is really, That's really cool. That's amazing. Um, just cool stuff. Good wow, stuff all the you time. see. And everybody's getting involved. <laughs> loving it, loving it. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. Welcome back to the good stuff, Cliff Central's very own happy hour. Uh, if you've just tuned in, this is literally all about good news and inspiration. Kerry's taking photos. She's doing all things behind the scenes. It's a little bit crazy. Um, right. So every week we get to interview incredible South Africans that are doing amazing things. Just really incredible stories. I cannot. I mean, I met people while I was in London and they were asking about what I do and how I do it. And the conversation that I must be the luckiest person alive because I get to meet just Incredible South Africans. Uh, this morning is no difference. I'm going to give you a bit of a brief around our, our guy that we have in studio with us. Um, it is a bit deep, and it, it's something that uh, that we're going to get into. But I think it's important, and and we're meeting with a really inspirational South African. So Rusty Labaskhani was wrongfully jailed for ten years in appalling conditions in a Zimbabwe jail. He's now free, without a trace of bitterness, and he advocates forgiveness and positivity. He calls it the Rusty story. His story is the Rusty story. Um, and I, I, I actually pulled a quote that um, you had written that I, that I just want to mention before I even introduce you. But, but this is how it goes. Year after tiresome year, I lay in a concrete cell enveloped by cold walls with colder hearts, looking up at the reinforced cement ceiling, never knowing if I was ever going to get out of there, thinking time and again, if they can put me in here for nothing, they can keep me in here for as long as they want. It's Mm, cold. mm, I have mm, shivers. mm, mm. It's goosebumps. Rusty, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brent. It's great to have you here. Um, I mean, you were supposed to be in studio last week and then I traveled and it was all sort of crazy. So it's great to have you in the chair. Um, 
to, to kick off, what the hell happened? You, you got jailed wrongfully. What was that all about? Brent, uh, I was on a, I have a, had a fishing camp on Lake Kariba and I was on a, I had some disputes with a fishing cooperative that was closely based to my fishing resort there. And I was on a fishing trip with a bunch of mates and a friend and I decided to go tiger fishing on the lake and on our way back, we noticed two fish poachers in a steel boat who immediately upon seeing us started paddling hastily for the shore. Knowing they were known poachers, I drove my boat towards them to scare them off, and the wake of my boat tilted their boat, causing them both to jump out into the water, hmm. which was about one and a half meters deep. Then my friend and I watched as they ran away into the bush, and then the following day, uh, the police arrived and we were accused of drowning one of the poachers. <gasps> to cut a long story short, I was framed by the poacher, the police, and the courts, and sentenced to spend 15 years in a Zimbabwean prison. Of which five were suspended. It's it's that's heartbreaking, and yeah. um, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. Are you are you originally from Zimbabwe? Yes, I'm fourth generation Zimbabwean from a cattle ranching background, and I still live in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe today. That I I travel around South Africa talking. That that experience and the next day when the police arrived, uh, you weren't suspecting that they were going to be there for anything. Um, Take us back to that moment. What was that like to, to suddenly have this thing in front of you that you had never planned? Brent, when they arrived, first of all, they said that they'd come to collect a body. So we said, what body? They said, no, you've been reported for drowning somebody. So they explained that the circumstances. We went to the, the where we chased the poachers. We, they explained everything. And then they started saying uh, they'd found a tree on a blood, a blood on a tree that was sticking out of the water, and that I'd beaten him with a paddle. So, first of all, my friend and I said to the police, the, the first thing is, nobody has ever mentioned anything about that up to now. This is all brand new to us. So, and then I thought, well, maybe they put blood on a tree with a fish or something. So I said, the police, because then it started getting confrontational, because I was Uh, protecting myself Mm. and they said the police said oh let's go and have a look at the blood on a tree so there were about 19 of us I think two boats we all got in the boats and went out and they said I asked which tree it was and they pointed out which tree and my my co-accused the guy was on the other in the boat with me he looked at the tree and he said there's nothing so I went to the tree and I looked and I said to the police there's nothing then I asked the guy are you sure this is the tree He said there was blood on that tree this morning. So then the police started laughing, and they said, no, we'll report to our superiors. Uh, Let's go back to camp. So we went back to my fishing resort, and I said, where do we go from here? You know, you guys never wrote anything down. There was nothing, um, no, everything was There there was no no evidence. evidence. Where was the evidence? There was no evidence, and it was all informal. Sure. And I said, where do we go from here? And they asked, when are you leaving? So I said, we're leaving in three days' time. So they said, when you leave, just call around at the police station and we'll let you know what, you know, what, where we go from there. And in the meantime, we'll report to our superiors. And they took the other guy with them, the guy that you know, reported that we drowned his friend. When we left on the Friday, which was three days later, when I walked in, I remember there's an intercom there. And I just remember the 
the voice of the officer commanding, shouting, have you arrested those two white men yet? This is clearly a murder case. And my stomach jumped up into my chest. Mm. And they threw us in a two-meter by two-meter corrugated iron hut in the middle of Bingo, which is extremely hot in the sun. We stayed there. The blankets were hard from urine and vomit. It was just disgusting. And the mosquitoes were hectic. We were there for two days. Then we moved to Binga holding cells. Cut a long story short, eight days later we got bail pending trial. It went to court uh, just 19 months later. No evidence whatsoever. Um, they, I had my divorce went through. I had a, a, a court hearing one month before the, the trial, and the judge um, passed a judgment against me against my in my divorce, saying I wasn't hold, conf, holding confidence in the court and so forth. When we got into the trial, it was the same judge. Mm. And he was the ex-Binga magistrate, which is the area that it took place in. So everything was structured against me. The court case went through, and there's no evidence, nothing. Do you, I mean, in a situation like that where there's no evidence and all of this is going on, um, is that because it's a third world country? Is that, is, I mean, is that what it comes down to? Would it have been different if this was the UK or America? Uh, Brent, you've got to remember at the time, December 2000, when this incident took place, mm. it was right in the middle of the land invasions. Um, their lawlessness was everywhere. I mean, they were stealing cattle, uh, renting houses and not paying rent, thinking that they're above the law. Zimbabweans. And, yeah, yeah. The whole of the country was just a mess at that time. And they, the, the fishing cooperative guys who planned this whole thing, they told me before that they want my fishing resort. And I told them what I thought. And that's where it all started. And then when the lawlessness started. It's a conspiracy. It, that's, it was, that's exactly what it was. So, I mean, before we get into the fishing resort and what happened, um, you then got imprisoned with this, with this 15-year sentence. I got 15 years and five suspended. Sure. And at the time, I mean, you're going into an African prison. Yeah. You have this lawlessness. The, the, Zimbabwe is at this really crazy time in, in history that we'll look back. And you're going into prison, not actually knowing if you're ever going to come out. Exactly. What is that like? Well, Brent, my first, my first day in prison, when you go into a prison there, the first thing is you strip naked and you walk in stark naked. There were a thousand black guys. I was the only white guy. Sure. And you go into a prison like that. The humiliation and intimidation is hectic. They make you crouch down in front of the officers and they question you naked in front of a thousand guys about your family, your business, your crime, where you came from, everything. Sure. And then they issued me a standard white short sleeve shirt and a pair of drawstring white shorts. That was the only set of clothing you allowed at any one time for eight years. Sure. No underwear was, was allowed. Then... They took me up to my cell. It's 13 meters long by 3 meters wide. We were 78 guys in there. Everyone had 33 centimeters of space marked out on the walls in chalk. You were packed like sardines with legs all crossing over in the middle. And you all faced the same direction. When you turned over, you all turned over together. And lying on your back wasn't only impossible, it wasn't allowed. And as cushioning against the cold concrete floor... You'd fold two of your paper-thin, worn-out, last-written blankets several times to fit your space, then covered yourself with a third one. 
Then your clothes are wrapped around your toothbrush and toothpaste, or they'd get stolen, and that was your pillow. My hips had bruised black rings for years, and shoulders still give trouble today. The, some, of the, some of the people that were in the prison with you, I mean, just so that I can give our listeners an idea, yeah. what sort of crimes had they committed, people that you were sleeping next to? Brent, I slept next to serial killers, hardcore armed robbers, ruthless rapists, and innocent good men. There were many good men in there. You never judged anyone by his crime. You judged everyone on face value. And I made many mistakes and got into some real rough times in there. But there were many good men in there that helped me continuously, keeping me strong, positive, and as happy as possible for prison. What happened with your co-accused? So you guys, you guys had been accused together. You'd been stuck in that, that little corrugated room for mm-hmm. a while. Um, you'd now been put in prison. What happened to him? Ironically, he got a $10 fine and was set free because he was not driving the boat. <gasps> that was exactly what happened. Jeez, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot to take in. The whole story is just. It was, it all turned political against me, Brent. And that's just something that when you're innocent, Brent, and you put in a situation like that, a whole lot of things come to you. You question, am I different? Mm. Have I been put here for a reason? Maybe to make a difference one day. Am I being protected? Because I was, I had several businesses running. I used to fly my own aircraft. I was very successful. And maybe they, they were after something that I had or whatever. And it's better to kill me, better to put me in prison than kill me. So Did, I just figured that maybe that's. It, it, I mean, a, a that, that was your reasoning while you were there. What happened to the fishing resort? So, so while you were imprisoned, um, where is that? That's right in the middle of Lake Kariba, between the, the wall and the tail end of the lake, Binga. And it's an incredible place, beautiful fishing. Do, and do you still own it? I actually gave it away, Brent. I, I just wanted everything that, that was in my past to be put behind me. And it's hard. Forgiveness is a huge thing. Mm. And, and for years, for two years, Brent, I, I hated them bitterly. I, you know, the bitterness, hate for revenge, everything was just eating me up. And when I finally forgave them for what they were doing and, and had done to me, it changed my whole life in prison. Mm. And from then on, I only looked forward, Brent. I didn't look behind me. And, and I took that with me. And it's part of that positiveness that I carry now that everything, I don't give them one Second of my time anymore. When when and you say them, are you are you referring to the police or to Zimbabweans? All or of what? them. All of those people involved in putting me in that where I went. Yeah. Right? So that's the poacher, the police, the judge, the ministry. You know, I was I was granted bail by the courts, bail pending appeal, and it was overturned by the government. Sure. There's there's no control of anything. So everybody that put me through everything, Brent, I've let it go. I don't give them one second of my thoughts anymore. And, and I know what Mandela meant by forgiveness. When you, you have to go through that and experience it to feel that. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I deeply, I honestly have zero resentment. Nothing. Well, I can see that now. You're sitting, yes. you're sitting in front of me today, <laughs> smiling and, and, and bright. You know, when I read about your story before you came into studio, um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, uh, and, on the other side of that, um, a couple of weeks ago, I got to go to Paul's, Paul's, Paul's Moore, mm. uh, prison with, with Carolyn Stain. And, um, I, 
I was shit scared going into <laughs> going into prison. Um, I I had never thought that I'd be in that position, and it's not me being a prisoner, but as as even a visitor to it. Never in my sure. life. And uh, you know, you you have this expectation of what what people are like inside these institutions, and my reality was very very far yeah. from my expectation. When I walked out of prison uh, on on that Friday, and I was only there for two hours maximum. Yeah. Um, when I walked out, I realized that uh, I can I can learn a lot about myself uh, and remind myself that every single person on this planet is human, yes. and we all have this connection which mm. is humanness. And the people that I met at that prison are just humans for whatever for whatever the reason is i mean you were talking about the people you were lying next to were either serial killers or murderers or or innocent or had all these different things and when you were all at base level on concrete you were all exactly the same there is no difference exactly and when i was in that prison for that short time i realized that that um you you don't know what this life is going to bring, mm-hmm. yeah. and you cannot plan for absolutely everything. And you, that is exactly your story: is yeah. that you could have never have planned for what you went through. Never. To quote you, you said, "But from the bowels of despair, but from the bowels of despair, come this realization: that just as my mind had helped drag me through these depths this far, so could it pull me out of them as well." You were, you had this situation where you'd been living in this for 10 years. You could have resentment. You could carry that round. You have the right to. Yeah. You literally have the right to. Yeah. Uh, moments like these can either make you or break you. And you've chosen a different path. You've chosen to inspire, motivate, tell your story. What are you doing now? I'm writing a book, Brent. So that's with the editors right now. I just figured that if I can't find justice in the system we have then I'm going to tell my story sure. and I'm writing a book um, I'm, I've traveled, I've been talking now in South Africa, Zambia and Botswana and it's just growing and growing, I'm, I'm represented by a unique speaker bureau now I'd love to and, read your book Yeah, <laughs> and uh, there's a showcase this weekend and it's just, it's growing and growing and getting bigger and bigger and, and uh, some of the things that I would like to point out, Paul, is the lessons I learned. I mean, uh, Brent, the lessons I learned from prison. Mm. And, and like I said, forgiveness was, is the biggest one. Well, that, that, that would have been my next question is okay. how do you come out the other side okay? Brent. How do you not let it affect you? How do you sit here in front of me today yeah. smiling, uh, taking on this, this role of, of telling your story? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going back every time you're in studio or on stage. Yeah. It's going back to that place that was pretty damn awful yeah but it, it's therapeutic for me eh, Brent every time I, I do a talk it helps me and getting back to what you said how do you forgive mm. when you've got nothing interfering around you in prison affecting your feelings and stuff your thoughts hurt you so when I thought about my friends having you know every year I travel to Vegas and to the shows and stuff or what my fiance was up to with some of that guy it hurt Mm. You know, so you, you counsel yourself on what to think. And, and those, you eventually end up with only positive thoughts because the negative stuff hurts you. Mm. So that's how you stay positive. And by forgiving, it was like a switch. I don't know how to explain it. People have said, what made you? How did you, how did it happen? I don't know how it happened. It was just one day I thought, just let God take I'm d- care. Like of I'm done. Yeah, I'm yeah. Done. I, I was desperate. 
I was beating myself up every day. And I just thought, let, let, let the Lord take let care of all of that. Let me get on with the path that's been put in front of me. Is there, is there not a saying that goes, um, let go and let God? Yes, that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was the change for me, Brent. It wasn't um, like a big religious thing. It was a faith thing. Mm. And, and I've always believed that he's looked after me. I've, there's other incidences as well. Yes. And there were a lot of incidences in prison where I had to pray. And it worked. Mm. I felt it. And some of that was just too coincidental to be coincidence. It was, it was hectic. And, and he still looks after me today. I mean, my, my path right now is being guided and it's looking fantastic for me. And I know, I know I'm being guided. Mm. I am. And my, my goals are huge. I'm not sure. stopping, Brent. I'm, I'm traveling all over the world. I'm, I want to spread the story. It's hectic. You know, Brent, I watched, I witnessed over 2,200 guys die in my first six years in prison. That's a lot of people. That is a huge amount and, of people. And the conditions, Brent, you know, we had only one set of clothing and no basins or taps in the cells. So we had to wash our clothes in the cell toilets at night wearing a blanket, then hang them on the walls of smuggled book staples to, to dry by the next morning. The things like that, they test your humanity, mm. your everything. I mean, the... That's the just, humiliation that's just like was beyond comprehension. Living to survive. Exactly. And then some of the other lessons on the on the resilience side. You know, you say, How can you how do you explain resilience? You can't. Mm-hmm. Resilience is something that you have. It's whether you call it bravery or smart, integrity, whatever it is, but it's a mixture of forgiveness and a positive mental attitude that makes you get through all that. And if you don't learn to forgive and let go of the past, you will never move forward. Mm. Never. Only when you forgive and let go will you truly bounce back from again, And again, you're a testament to that. So, so what you're saying mm. is not uh, – it's not textbook. You're not no. going, hey, this is what I read. And <laughs> if you try and make it happen, it might – you are testament exactly. to, to the truth that that yeah. is how it works. Yeah. Uh, positive mindset. <clears throat> I mean, you've got, you've got a list there that we're going to conclude with today. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I'm getting from it is you've got to be stronger than this thing in your head. Yes. You've got to, you've got to overcome all of that, let go. Circumstance. So you can move on. You know, Brent – when you talk like that, um, you figure things out in prison, what to think about and what works and what doesn't work. And to find, you know, to be able to find positives and all the negatives going on around you brought hope. Mm. And finding happiness in even the smallest things in prison kept you healthy. Those that didn't died. And it was so obvious. Guys would come in, be stressed and everything. And I'd say to the guys, he's not going to make it. And within three weeks, he was gone. It was. It just worked over and over. Before we get into those points, I, yeah. I need to ask: coming out of prison, so you've been there for ten years. Yeah. Um, it's a decade. It's a long yeah. time. <laughs> you you've created um, a new uh, a new daily routine. You've mm. got different habits. There's there's this life that you're living that um, that is different to what it would be in what would be called the outside world. Sure. Yes. So so first day out of prison, um, you're coming out. Was that overwhelming? It was. It really was. And the biggest changes for me, uh, Brent, weren't the trees and streets and houses. It was the people. Yes, the people. You know, when I was 10 years is a long time. Go back 10 years in your life. 
Where were you 10 years ago? I was, a, I was a different human being. Me too. And how much have you accomplished in those 10 years, mm. Brent? So that's how much I lost. So when you go back, uh, when you come out of prison and you see all those people and go back to where they were when you went in, mm. they weren't married, they didn't have kids, they come out, they're family men, the kids Completely are running around. It's comp- the whole life is different. All my friends now weren't old men, but they were... They were they'd moved on so much, removed from where they from where we were before. Mm. So life in that respect was so different. And also, I was a national rugby player, so I was very well known. I had a big business. So, but when I went to prison, it was national and international news headlines. Mm. So you come out of prison, and everyone is looking at you, mostly out of admiration, because a lot of people understood the, the circumstances that I was innocent and everything, but it was uncomfortable for a long mm-hmm. time. You know, sit down at a restaurant and you look around and every table is looking at you and you know that they're talking about you. Just, it's just uh, mad. It's yeah. just mad to think that way. But that was about nine months that took to go away. And now, uh, you know, with the talking and that, um, and they, you know, Brent, when you go in there and you're flying high, you know, flying your own aircraft, money was no issue, your confidence is sky high. When you get in there, they crush you. They break your spirit, your confidence, everything. And to pick it up again when you come out is tough. We're going to stop you there because, uh, because if people want to hear more about this, they need to get okay. in touch with you. I okay. think we're going to leave it there. Um, if you can just give us the points. Every week okay. I end off on a high note uh, of just positivity and things that, that people can do right now. Um, I mean, you've, you've had 10 years to formulate this. So give us a couple of points just for today. Okay. Well, forgiveness, positive mental attitude, resilience, managing rejection. Managing rejection was a big thing. People battle with that, and it's a huge thing in prison. Mm. Humility. You know, when you're watching people die every day and you lie in a cell with 78 other guys and not even your breath is your own, suddenly you become grateful for even this, for every little thing in your life. Mm. And then gratitude. People are not grateful for what they have. You know, so... That's a big message for me. Just say thank you every day for what you have instead of wanting, wanting, wanting. Mm. That'll be good. Absolutely phenomenal. If people want to follow your story and get in touch, where do they go? Please get hold of me on Unique Speaker Bureau, either Paul or Simone, and uh, I have a great story. Or you can follow the Rusty story. We're going to put all of that online. Uh, That is all we have for this week. That is the good stuff on Cliff Central. I really do hope you have an incredible Tuesday. Cliffcentral.com